Welcome to the Life Creation Podcast. I'm your host, Andrina Tisi. Together, we will explore thoughts, inspirations, and conversations that feed our soul, spark the mind, and nourish the body. Thank you so much for being here to learn and grow and for walking this journey called life with me. Thank you for being here in the Life Creation Podcast. I am super, super happy and really privileged to share a conversation today with you that I had with my dear friends, Nikki Inglis and Eric Hartmann. You may know <laughs> Nikki and I have been friends for many, many years. We have worked together, traveled and even lived together, not for a very long time, but definitely when I was in Vancouver or when she would visit Switzerland, we would live together. Nikki, for me, is an inspiration. She's a mentor, a soul sister, and one of these people I would and probably even have call at 2 a.m., Eric, her partner, I've gotten to know over the years and all I can say, I wish I could spend more time with him, pick his brain and listen to his music. More than once over the last years, with all my dating experiences, I told Nikki, can you ask Eric to see what he thinks about that from a male perspective? <laughs> Both of them together as a couple have been expanders for me. Expander is a term coined by Lacey Phillips, and it means seeing is believing, meaning an expander is a person that you identify with that's already been where you are now and has gone on to become successful, owns or embodies what you want. So this can be in a job, a relationship, a house, friendship, health, really anything. So a little bit like a road mo role model. So as we all know, communication is key in all our relationships. So I was truly excited when the two of them agreed for me to pick their brain on their journey individually as a couple and as parents on that topic. To give you a bit more background on both of them. Nikki lives and teaches yoga on unceded land in Vancouver, British Columbia. She has a master's in architecture and a master's in education. She's been teaching public classes, retreats and workshops individually and collaboratively for 18 years with particular current interest in restorative and chair yoga. Teaching teachers is her true love, and she has taught in over 10 200-hour teach, teacher trainings, particularly focusing on the fascia, anatomy, and pedagogy. Nikki leads 300-hour yoga teacher trainings online in Vancouver and internationally in areas of restorative, biotensegrity, chair yoga, advanced anatomy, the art of assisting, and myofascial self-release. She has three grown daughters, one stepson, 
And her latest passion project is helping to lead a nonprofit yoga school called Phoenix Community Yoga out of the pandemic into its next phase. Eric was born in New York City and grew up in Vancouver. He is a passionate elementary school teacher and enjoys using music and puppets as a core strategy in his pedagogy. Other passions include cycling, sailing, languages, travel, and being in the mountains. Eric is a founding member of a men's discussion group, and he has attended several men's weekend retreats. He is president of the Pacific Bluegrass and Old Time Music Society and has been part of several performing music bands. He has a BA in Religious Studies with a focus on Judaism, a Bachelor in Elementary Education and a Master in Music Education with a focus on world music. He has one adult son and three adult stepdaughters. So, after this a bit longer intro than normal, let's hop over to the conversation with Eric and Nikki. Hi, Nikki and Eric. Thank you so much for being here on my podcast. So good to see and hear you. Hi. Hey. So nice to see you too. I feel like it's like a family gathering. <laughs> yeah. You were here just a year, a short year and a half ago. I know. Okay, like I just told you, I'm starting with five this or that for each of you. So Eric, I'm going to start with you. So out of your belly, completely intuitive, just answer whatever comes up. Okay. Mountains or ocean? Oh, God. Mountains. That's a hard Coffee? one. Yeah, it is a hard one. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Appetizer or dessert? Dessert. Book or movie? Book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, Nikki, your turn. Okay. Vegetables or fruits? No fruit. Oh, she gets the easy ones. I get the easy ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Choose between mountains or oceans or vegetables or fruit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Andrina. <laughs> Luckily, we're lifelong friends. <laughs> um piercing or tattoo oh piercing so far tattoo later <laughs> bath or shower bath oh, easy one. Easy. city or countryside city classical or modern art modern thank you so for me, both of you are a huge inspiration on how as a couple and with, you know, your family as a patchwork family, you're communicate. And I'm really, really thrilled to have you with that topic here on the podcast and have this conversation with you. So for you, what is the difference between communication and radical communication? You want to take that first? No, you go ahead. Okay. Well, we've been talking about this, of course. Um, I mean, we've been talking about this ongoingly, but recently we've been talking about it more. 
I think my eventual definition that I ended up settling on was the idea that radical communication is communication where you are pushed out or you push yourself out of comfort. So mm -hmm. right out of your comfort zone. And we've been talking about <clears throat> the kind of um, refinements of that idea. Like, are you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone right away or are you waiting a bit? I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, not really. I, well, I guess just that I think the, yeah, the radical is saying maybe not, um, what was the thing we heard in the, in the podcast this morning? It was, uh, um, hang on. I wrote it down. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Overcome your instinct. So yeah. if your instinct is to avoid something, which most people's is try to overcome that and go there, although not necessarily, you know, in that moment, but if something is bothering you, then it's probably something worth talking about. So maybe that's the radical part is leaning into the un to the discomfort rather than avoiding it. Yeah, and that makes sense what Nikki said in terms of out of comfort, because obviously that's, yeah. that's out of comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, denial. It's such a warm, cozy, comfortable place. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And how do you think, in your experience, men and women communicate differently? Well, I mean, I think that's a really big question. I was thinking about that when you sent the questions. I, I know that there's been various writers that have written about that quite clearly, you know, and they talk about men and women, but may, I think I'm more comfortable with masculine and feminine maybe than men mm -hmm. and women. It's a bit... I think risky to start categorizing men and women too much and even masculine and feminine, I think can be, it's controversial, but one, so we've, we talked about this and we've also been talking about this as we've been communicating. And so one thing that I think uh, men tend to be, or the masculine tends to be is more literal. Yes. And so Nikki will say something to me and I'll take it at face value exactly what she said based on the word she used. <laughs> Which when... sounds so reasonable. <laughs> Ours, absolutely. <Right>? Insane. <laughs> but... <laughs> but I look at him like he's got five heads. <laughs> so, you know, that's something... Yeah, so I think that there's maybe women or the feminine communication style is, can be more subtle, maybe more based on more emotionally based. Um, and so I think that's maybe one thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I could, if I could say, you know, too many specific things about how men and women communicate differently, but certainly we communicate differently. I think, um, I don't know, I, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, <laughs> other ways. well, I think it's just been a, a road to get to, to understanding that idea. Like, I think we, or I, I, I think, okay, from the beginning, I think Eric was a better communicator than me. 
And I am super grateful to have been on that path and learned to communicate from him. But we have also taught each other. That's what, yeah. Yeah. That will be a follow-up question for me. Like, what have you learned from each other, right? Yeah. It was definitely, I think at first, there was this um, situation where I would say something and I was thinking about it in all of its layers of subtlety. Um, we do have something, well, Eric actually has this amazing metaphor that he uses in our communication that is about a loaf of bread. And <laughs> he says that for him, things are, things are half baked and he wants to bake them with me. But for me, things are fully baked. So when I came in like overbaked, <laughs> It baked five different times in five different ways, trying many different measurements in the recipe. So I think when we came into this relationship, that's though that differentiation was more clear. He was more literal, and I was more overbaked, more layers of subtlety. And I think we have moved through this idea of sort of radical communication or through um, pushing into discomfort. Um, we've moved into like a more side-by-side -side way of that. Like I know that that he's more literal and he knows that I'm more layered. And so he watches for the layers and I watch for the literal. <laughs> <laughs> and I really well, liked, Eric, what you said in terms of the feminine and the masculine. Do you think, you know, and also in terms of polarity, do you think that Sometimes you, Eric, are more in the feminine and Nikki, you're more in the masculine. I think that can happen. I, yeah, I think, you know, everyone has both uh, energies and polarities. And um, I think there's, there's, there definitely are times when that's the case. I, I think maybe, I mean, I guess following some of the ideas of David Data, where he talks about the polarity is is what creates that attraction and that that chemistry. And if you, and if, if there isn't that polarity, then that can lead to sort of this flat, neutral <clears throat> energy, which might function, you know, on a daily basis, but it doesn't really lead to that energy that 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 sustains the relationship. Um, yeah, like, like I, I mean, I, I, in some ways I would say I have a more feminine, uh, not more, but feminine, like when it comes to kids, for example. Yeah. I mean, I remember Andrina, you and I used to look at the work of John Gray. Yes. And Eric works in a job. He works with young children and he works in a job where he brings forth what John Gray would call his feminine energies. Mm -hmm. right? He's working with young children which, which I absolutely love. So I guess I'm a little bit of a freak in that way because that creates better polarity for me in a way, just because I, I love that idea. But I do think that, that there is, that there is that in you. Well, and you've said that that's something that you aren't that comfortable Yes, with. I am not. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So there's a polarity. It's just maybe it's slightly sort of Reverse, reverse but polarity. But I think yeah. that's normal too. Just, probably. We flip the battery upside down. Yeah, but I think that's fascinating, right? Like it doesn't have to be like linear, right? It's just. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel my masculine energy influences the polarity in a very specific way when I get angry. And I don't get angry very often. I mean, I think Eric can attest to this. I, I've worked on that a lot. But when I get angry, I feel very male and and I feel very much like um my grandmother oh really <laughs> yeah i know mm. i mean she's a, she's a wonderful strong woman but she had this very like deep 
angry streak. And when I and I remember having these feelings around her as a young child, watching her when she would get angry. And now I know that that's what was happening is that I was kind of watching that like uber masculine side come out. And I see that in myself. And it definitely in my mind affects our polarity. I don't know if it affects our polarity in your mind mm. when I get like kind of raging angry, which is so rare. But I definitely feel it. Hmm. I don't think well, I've ever seen you raging. I noticed that you have I noticed that Nikki's voice changes her 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 tone. Like not just her tone, That's but my grandmother's voice. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not necessarily only when you're angry, which you are so rarely. But more in certain contexts, like like you have a high voice, which I kind of associate with a more feminine energy, and you have a deeper voice, which you often use when you're more of a parenting role, like with your mm. kids, your girls, and um, and also when you're upset about something. Mm. So there's a, like Interesting. a, a low voice. And a I wanted just to mention one thing, Andrina, you said uh, we were talking earlier about the, the whole idea of the baked, uh, like, yes. you know, the fully baked. or So... It just came out because we were having a conversation while we were walking one day and about um, a topic that was a bit difficult. And what I realized is that when I bring an idea to Nikki, it's like it's not fully baked in my mind. Like it's to be worked out, right? So it, it's it, it, it's problematic, and I kind of know that it is, but I don't really know why. I just know my side of it, right? but I know that it's problematic for Nikki, but if I don't bring it up, then it's just going to, you know, sort of fester. It's just not going to get dealt with. So I'll bring it up expecting that we can kind of finish it together. Right. Yes. Whereas often Nikki will have a, an issue or a concern and she'll mull it around. She'll, she'll, she'll twist it around and she'll, she'll process it and she'll see every side of it from every angle all by herself without me there. It's a lonely world <laughs> inside my head. <laughs> and sometimes that leads to it being neutralized. And so I never hear about it again. Right. But, but that means I don't know about the entire baking process mm. um, or it'll come or I will hear about it, but it'll be already kind of done, you know, and won't. burnt <laughs> completely. Not, it, inedible. It, it's not burnt until I, until I participate. And then my, Participation burns it. <laughs> so, anyway, so, that, so that's, I think that's a difference. I don't know if that's, has, you know, any masculine and feminine uh, associations or if that's just us, but that I think, so what we're, what we're doing, I guess, what we're trying to do is when we talk about stuff, let it, let it pro, let, let us process it together. And it may end up being what you already would have baked, but, or maybe not. But at least we both had a part to play in that. Mickey brings the crackers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bring the cardamom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that is um, a really good lead into my next question in terms of your ritual and practices. And, you know, I know both of you are huge into also the habits. And, you know, you mentioned you went for a walk together and I know you have some some certain rituals together. And I would love to hear how you, you know, kind of keep on track um, and not lose each other's baking process kind of. <laughs> uh, well, I think one thing, the baking, unlike re real baking, it's difficult. 
I, I actually real breaking is pretty difficult too, <laughs> but it's definitely something that, you know, it's not, it's like we were saying it's uncomfortable. And so what we have established is a, is a regular practice of weekly check-ins where we, we do that process, you know, where we ask, we check in on how each of us is doing. And we sort of have a, a we sort of have a, a, a script that we follow, although we, we want to change it up a bit just for the sake of variety. But um, we try to sort of touch on various things and yeah, we change it all, you know, add little bits and pieces. And I guess that's the, the most important thing how long have we been doing that for now? I don't know, a year? About a year? Almost a year. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, to me, that's really valuable because it's not only the actual conversation that we have in those times. It's also knowing that it's going to come up. Like, it, it's the regularity of it that's super important, right? Like, And I, also hard. And hard. It's hard to do. But, for example... You know, if some if 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 a couple doesn't have a set time, let's say, and they're waiting for some moment to discuss something that's difficult, when when is it ever going to come? Like, there's never a good time to have a difficult conversation, right? And you dread it, and nobody wants to bring it up. And so, by having a um, having a discipline around that, it really makes a difference. And what I find is that when something, if something comes up through the week that I might want to talk about, talking about it in the moment is usually not the right time because there's emotions, you know, um, heightened emotions at the time or it's just not a good time to talk. But knowing that there's going to be an opportunity, it just really lowers my stress about that, whatever that topic is. And then I know, okay, I'll deal with it, you know, then. And I don't have to worry about, oh, there won't be a chance. Will we, will we get to it? We know that we're going to get to it because it's happening and that really is helpful. And sometimes I don't even, we don't even bring it up because by the, between the time that I think of it or it comes up and, and our actual check-in time, I may have fully baked it by that time and maybe it's no longer a concern or maybe it is, but that really helps just knowing that that's, um, that's going to happen. And it really helps us also, I don't know if this is masculine, feminine, but it really helps us, it helps people with two different communication styles. So what I notice is that from the beginning, I think, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think that Eric looks forward to check-ins more than me. Or said another way, I dread check-ins more <laughs> than Eric. <laughs> so I think because I tend to be more the denial, put it away, talk about it next Tuesday person, and he tends to be the more let's talk about it right now person, putting it on a time that's neutral and, and we both have to agree and prioritize, that it kind of, it, 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 um, it narrows that gap between our two communication styles. And I also wanted to say something about how the this ritual has changed for us. Like that's why I ask how long we've been doing it for. Because at the beginning, like I said, I dreaded it. It was his idea, but I liked the idea. Like of course, in my head. But as the weeks we do it weekly, so I guess we've done like fifty-two of them or something. Probably more like forty-five. Um, and I dread them much less now. Like I actually like them. I prioritize them. At first I did everything. 
so that I was busy on Wednesday night, like everything. <laughs> I used to think you just forgot. No, it wasn't that I forgot. This is that I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> I would have like a really important meeting on Wednesday night. <laughs> but now I put it in, you know, what a bullet journaler I am and how structured my planning life is. And it actually goes into my like base structure. So it's part of the skeleton of my week. It's mm. just always there. And if we absolutely can't do it, we find another time to do it. And how do you take a set amount of time for it? Or is it just that you say like, okay, Wednesday at six, and then you see how long you need? Well, we found that doing it, we've, we, for a while we tried in the morning, but sometimes it can, you know, you don't really know how long it's going to take, right? Like, Sometimes it's really sometimes fast. Sometimes it's hours. Sometimes it's literally minutes. Sometimes it's minutes because we don't really have much okay. or anything to, to talk about. But sometimes it can be a long time. And so mornings don't really work because you don't have that much time in the morning. You know, you got to get up and get, get going. So, and, but too late isn't good because then it's, you know, it's too late. <laughs> so we found that around eight o'clock. Yeah, Wednesday is, night at eight. After dinner, basically, we we found this is a good time because it leaves enough time to talk about stuff. And if we don't have to, then we can do something else. And do you have, you know, you said you have a certain structure and certain points that you touch on. Do you take turns or is it just one of you starts and then? Yeah, we we kind of take turns. We take turns. Yeah, I actually just. Or one I of googled us, it. You googled it. And yeah. We, we we the the script started like with a Google relationship check-in questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's four questions or three questions. We just Sometimes got five. randomly off yeah. some website, but then we added. We've been adding bits to it to sort of make it more. Well, and we we did thorough. also layer that on over the love languages. So Eric has right. always talked to me about the love languages since. Actually, <laughs> a funny story about Andrina. I don't know if I've told you this story. Very early on in our dating life, Eric, Andrina's nodding her head because she remembers. I, I was like, oh, my God, this guy wants to talk to me about love languages. And Andrina was like, Nikki, this is a man who wants to talk to you about emotional stuff. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> So true. It's like oh, okay. Must have been here. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. You are. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I was initially more, or why I maybe I'm I dread it less than you because one of my emotion, one of my love languages is quality time, and I considered quality time time talking about meaningful things. So it actually to me. Is, Whereas I can feel that my, more well, like pulling out your fingernails type time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, I guess for me, the check-in is is filling my love tank yes. in a way that maybe it yeah. wasn't for you at first. No. I can completely relate because my love language is quality time too. <laughs> yes. So that's one of the things we do. So so the questions really are are just um, what so. Probably the most important thing, I think, is, is there anything from this little well, well, the first one is always, how's your love Oh, tank? yes. Well, how, how, full, how do you how feel? How full is your love? Oh, how do you feel about us? Right now. Yes. Yeah. And then um, that leads into, is there anything from the past week that you want to talk about? And that's sort of when, you know, we can talk about whatever. Um, we've been 
Holy on to. That's the complaints department. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the complaints department. And then. How can I fill your love tank over the next week? Yeah. Or, right. what, or what, what can I do? What can I do? It's so funny. Like, talk about literal. Like, I know the words. And Nikki makes <laughs> I'm them like, up. I'm interpreting. Nikki changes the words every week. <laughs> it's a different question. And I'm like, that's not the question. These are the words. <laughs> that's a good example. But this is the cardinal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the words are, what can I do in the coming week to make you feel loved? Right. Or whatever she makes up in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, over the past year, added on a few things. After just doing different, like listening to different podcasts and reading different books and getting maybe a little bored or I'm not sure, just thinking maybe we could add some things on. So we layered on a few things. But can I just say one thing? Yeah. So that last, the question I just mentioned, that's actually the one that pretty, it, it's usually the same. Which is kind of interesting. We haven't talked about this. Usually but, the same as what? Well, the, our answers are the same. Like the first question, like, you know, this past week, like, often there's nothing. but And if there is, we talk about it. But then this question of what can I do to make You're you right. feel love. You're right. That's the same from week to week. So, and you know why? It's because, because love languages. Love languages. Yes, that's true. So what Nikki says pretty much all the time <laughs> is, you know, support me, you know, um, help me, you know, feel. Like I'm not a workaholic. Like not, yeah, just basically support. <laughs> Basically, she wants emotional support and, you know, maybe cooking and so on. But basically, she just says the same thing. And I always say the same thing, too, which is, you know. Spend um, time with me. Spend time with me. That's that's it. And um, and then we even make some plans sometimes, right? So it kind of reflects the fact that what we need is kind of always this it's true. consistent. It's always like if I'm going to have a really busy week and and I know that when I have a busy week, it doesn't fill his love tank. Like I know that going into my week because I'm a planner. So I know exactly what my week is going to look like. And I know that that's not going to fill his love tank. So I already feel guilty about that. So I say, basically, I'm saying like, just support me because I know I'm going to work too much this week. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> so Nikki, your love language is act of services? No, actually, that's what's kind of funny. It's... um. It's uh, words of, what is it? Words of praise, words of affirmation, affirmation, which I guess is kind of what I'm asking for. Like if I'm working really hard, I want him to say, wow, you're working really hard. <laughs> I really appreciate that you're working really hard. Um, and um, so it's that and gifts. Yeah, gifts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like my necklace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I didn't notice it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So and then we added, and then we added one more thing on there. We we added well, the two more things. We added a check in about our sex life. Yeah, how do you feel like your sex life <clears> is right now? Just because that's, I mean, that might be something that we talk about, but but it might not be. And then that's and that's good because sometimes it's have you know, you want to draw attention to something that you don't want to sort of miss, right? And then the other one is which the you, kitchen. Oh yeah, the kitchen. We had the kitchen for a while. Right. So the like, kitchen is, is there anything I can do differently in the kitchen? Well, we, I think what, what we found was that in the thing in the first question about this past week, that was one consistent place. Just because we both work in the in another kitchen, and for various reasons, that became something that a place that we had different feelings Visions. about. <laughs> so rather than always bringing up, you know, actually. 
we we felt that adding a special it's like the sex life question it got its own category it got its own category which was actually kind of amazing because now we don't even talk about it anymore yeah it just like it fixed it, it talking fixed about it every week fixed it crazy yeah bananas radical, radical communication, communication. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> and then we also and then nikki added one more which i like which is um what well we sort of changed the, the language nikki added what am i missing as in what you know what can you tell me that i'm not getting i guess yeah like fill the gaps fill the for gap. me. but i i kind of prefer an interpretation which is like what what uh, would you like to tell me? Mm, his is know, more open. That that we haven't said. Mine is like mine is like what's obvious to you that isn't obvious to me, because you're the outside person that knows me the best. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's some things that you can tell me that are obvious to you that aren't yeah. obvious to me. So, so like yeah, blind we, spots. Yeah, blind spots. Exactly, gaps, yeah. blind spots. So how how all of you know. Yeah. Kind of between the two of you kind of mastering this communication which is super inspiring and how in terms of your families with your children as well as your ex-partners has your communication changed with it want to take that want me to go well i can talk for me i mean when I when I think back to my previous long relationship, I wanted to be a good communicator, but I didn't really have the tools mm -hmm. that I have now, you know, and I didn't really have, we didn't have the tools. So um, I don't really, yeah, so I didn't really maybe model the, the kind of good communication it wasn't bad communication but it certainly wasn't what we have now so in terms of my son who's 21 i think he understands i think now he sees our kids all four of them see hopefully a modeling of communication now that hopefully is a good model but when my son was younger I don't think there was quite that level. And so, yeah, I don't think that, that maybe that's carried to him in the same way. I think maybe your girls, it has more so. Well, one of my girls does a check-in with her boyfriend. That's right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I don't know how often or how it goes, but um, I get a lot of good feedback from my kids about our communication, which I think is interesting. Mm. I get my kids will say like, it's really cool that you do that, mommy. Like I, I hear that from mm. them, which is really, which is really neat. Do they find it cool that you both are doing it or they're, or they're complimenting you how you communicate to them? They're They're complimenting how I communicate with Eric and how he communicates with me. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. but it has affected how I communicate with them too, which I how yeah how has it um, affected that? Like how has your communication maybe changed with your three girls? I, I'm definitely a vastly different, different communicator with them than I was. Um, and, and that started right away when I got to know Eric, it was one of the things that I loved about him was how explicit he was. I mean, we were sort of both in the same situation where we were spending half time with our kids, sort of, but he's much more, he was always much more explicit about spending specific time with his son. And like planning that time and planning the details. And I, I was a stay-at-home mom and I didn't do that. 
but um, as much, it was more sort of part of our day, but then things changed at that point. And also as they got older and I've kind of taken a page from his book in that way, I'm much more specific and clear about um, what I'm, time that I'm going to spend with them. And then also, of course, I've done my own work with, with the therapist to um, figure out how to best talk with them and um, encourage them to understand that feelings come and go and <laughs> that we that we can revisit them and I think what did you say it's not a set it and forget it thing it's the same it's the same with our kids like we don't just set it and forget it and I think I used to I used to think that I used to think with kids like if I was doing a good job bringing them up well kind of modeling emotional maturity that that, that was it I could just kind of set it and forget it but it's not it's like we have to just keep diving back in and I just keep trying to give them opportunities to do that yeah beautiful so you know pedagogy is a huge passion and calling for both of you and you know how can we you know I think sometimes we maybe even have the expectation on ourselves that we are born good communicator and that's clearly not the case <laughs> so how can we learn and how can we teach this form of you know we call it here radical communication or just in general quote-unquote better communication i would like you to answer that mm -hmm. <laughs> eric is the best school teacher in the world <laughs> and luckily i find chalk very sexy <laughs> well i mean i guess part of it is comes down to modeling like when, when we talk about a lot of things with, like about pedagogy so much of it is is, is showing and not telling, right? I mean, we can tell, like I, I'm trying to do that now with my son. And I think, you know, now I'm trying to communicate with him in a way that I would have liked to have done when he was younger. It's more explicit now. It's more explicit. And I go, it's like more radical. Like we'll go, I'll try to pull him into those uncomfortable places yeah. sometimes, which is not, you know, it's hard if only one person is on board, right? <laughs> um, which is why sometimes alcohol helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I really think modeling is the, is the best way. And, you know, you, you can, you can ex explicitly ex tell it, but if you don't do it, then your words are pretty meaningless and maybe less than meaningless because then not only are they meaningless, they're, they're hollow because people, you know, see that you don't follow your own advice. So number one, there's that. I, mean, I think then like there's modeling and then, sorry, I think maybe yeah. you're probably just about to say this, but, but there's modeling and then there's reinforcing after, like almost highlighting what we did. Yeah. Well, and there's making it ex explicit. Like, yeah. like there's one thing you can, you can watch somebody who is a good communicator or people that are good communicators, but then you wonder how did you get that way? Well, or like she just, like Andrina just said, like we think we're born that way and maybe they think we're born that way. Yeah. So I think maybe talking about why, you know, what, what you're doing. And like, for example, when I, I, so I'm in a men's group and um, one of the things, well, when I often, well, I don't often mention it, but if it comes up with men or women, I'll say, yeah, you know, I'm in a men's group. And most of the time they won't even ask me what that means uh, or, you know, what we talk about, but if they do, then I can, and I explain a little bit about what, what it's about. But 
um, and I guess that's that's partly teaching too, is exp explaining the process. When you're looking for the openings. You're looking for the openings. Right, and I think that, that we're doing that with our kids too. I'm always yeah. looking for the openings. Can you explain that a little bit more? You wanna? No, you go. Okay. Um, well, I mean, like like Eric just said about the alcohol, <laughs> that's an opening, right? So so he'll even say, um, yeah, this is happening this weekend, and I'm going to talk about this thing. Like, um, and I'll know, like, if I'm taking my girls somewhere on a long car drive, that's an opening. If if we're gonna have a bonfire and we're gonna have a beer, that's an opening. So like if an opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity to open it up and to, um, yeah, the wave is going to like, I think something that my beloved therapist has taught me is this idea that um, emotions come in waves and that so they come in and then they go out and then they come in and, and somewhere in that process, you can kind of dive back in, like mm -hmm. as the wave is going out, you can dive back in and kind of make the wave come back in again and um, and sort of highlight it. I guess that's, that's I, what I think. Another thing that I, I sometimes do is try to use podcasts to or videos you know as an opening so like when i was i was in the car with my son and his girlfriend and they just wanted to listen to music but i insisted that we listen to a relationship podcast <laughs> for at least part of the time and i realized that they you know we're not that, that interested they think in you're it. darky <laughs> but it's one of those things that you know maybe something filters and actually we had a really good conversation mm -hmm. uh, about that afterwards um so yeah i mean again you have to you have to be a little bit uncomfortable like that was awkward for me and for i know for my son it was awkward but in the end it was worth it mm -hmm. so i guess and how do we you know this is kind of the the i guess the teaching and the modeling aspect so now what if somebody who's listening maybe doesn't really have anybody that is modeling to them or they don't see, um, I call them expanders, you know, like, you know, for example, I was trying to remember expanders. Yeah. It's, um, so for example, for me, you know, you both are definitely expanders in terms of your communication style, right. As a couple. So, but if somebody doesn't have that, modeling or that inspiration really to how to do it where can we learn it's, mm. i would say it's everywhere i mean well first of all there's going to be some resources in the show notes i'm guessing mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah it's everywhere i know there are there are barriers <clears throat> there are barriers when you have to pay for it like obviously the first the first answer and the most probably effective efficient answer is a therapist Mm -hmm. um, like a, creating a relationship with a therapist that's obviously expensive and not accessible to everyone, but there, there is so much, there is pod, there are podcasts, there mm -hmm. are books. You just have to be somehow pointed in the right direction. There's YouTube. YouTube will take you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I would say too, that it's, you know, those are all ways that you can learn, but in terms of the actual practicing, um, one thing that Nikki has taught me that I'm still learning very much is when I have a feeling about something that I like a way that I do something, you know, or this is my preference or this is my practice and I've always done it this way, whatever it is. Um, and I don't, and I feel resistance to changing that. 
rather than saying, I want to change this, I, I now I'm trying to say, why do I want to change this? And what is it about whatever this is? Like, why is this so important to me? And it can be the most, the littlest thing, right? As a, as a step, as a first step, right? So it's about looking inward and questioning one's reasons and motives. Um, and you, we can do that on our own, you know, anytime. For free. Right? For free, <laughs> right? I mean, walking down the street and somebody, you know, like there's millions of little mini interactions. It's an opportunity to react differently, right? So. Absolutely. I think that's, I mean, you mentioned the word practice and I think that that's the key really. I think, you know, we all are inspired by, you know, podcasts and books and, and videos and all that, but at the end, we have to practice it and we can practice it. Like you said, walking down the street and, you know, even nonverbal communication, right? Well, I think that often people, often we assume that we're right and someone else is wrong, whether it's a driver or a whoever, whatever it is, right? How we do it is right and the other person is wrong and we want to change them. But maybe the first step is to switch that around. Yeah. We so, also share our personal, we, we have personal practices and we have a practice of sharing our personal practices. That's another thing, right? What do you mean? We, well, I talk about what I do on my own and you talk about what you do on your own. Mm. And we, we, we influence each other a little bit in that, in that way too. And that is a way of connecting mm. and growing, growing that stuff that we're doing on our own. Yeah. And how do you, Sometimes I feel like, you know, with deep communication um, or even, you know, deep intimacy and deep relationship, sometimes I think it can also get a little bit heavy. So how can we or how do you keep it also not just serious, but also make it fun and joyful and light? Yeah. You go. Uh, well, I would say that actually, it you, we need to have some seriousness and, and heaviness, and I think that that's required. And by doing that, because you know, as we've said, sometimes the conversations are difficult, and there's no way to make it light. And sometimes, um, no matter how hard we try, it's it's still difficult. And but when we do that and come through the other side, that's when the lightness can happen, right? Like, I think it's really hard to be light and joyful and, and, and um, yeah, like that when you're harboring resentments and there's un, unprocessed stuff going on, right? And that just kind of layers on itself when it becomes very difficult to be joyful. So I would say embrace the heaviness embrace the the seriousness the uncooked lumps the, of sourdough you know <laughs> and, and you know doing it in a, in a in a constructive way and then let it go and then you can really be joyful and light um without having to you know bury too much stuff under yeah. the rug yeah i didn't want the heavy i think that that was my resistance to the weekly check-ins is I, I just didn't want the heavy, but as we've practiced it now for a while, 
I don't fear it. And they, they can be very light, some parts of it. In fact, now I know which parts are going to likely to be heavy and which parts are likely to be light. I think I was trying to make them all light. Like, oh, it's perfect. I'm perfect. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. And that kind of extra lightness on top of that was not was was impeding the progress. Like I had to get a little bit heavy, as Eric says, to like come through that and then to kind of be more light and more playful. And it, it's like it it's like it opens up the room to be more playful. Yeah, I can see that. Well, thank you so much. So are they gonna I think after the fact, talk about resources we can put into the show notes. I'm sure you have quite a few things and that we can link up. To finish up and to wrap up, I always ask my, ask my guest for a mantra or a quote that I call life creation mantra or quote that is guiding you on your path right now or you know maybe for a long time. So do you have each of you the one that you can share. Go ahead. Nikki's looking at me. When there's a pause, that means Nikki's looking at me. Just so people know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm not a huge uh, fan of quotes generally, but there is one quote that I remember I used in my dating profile years ago. Way back. When. Way way back. That <laughs> I still believe and. It's um, it's all about balance. Light in the dark. <laughs> Whatever that means to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to quote my mom. You know how I feel about quotes, but I'm, I'm softening on it quotes lately. A, it doesn't have to be a quote. It can be a mantra. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my mom has always said, um, say oh and let it go. And I, I've always, like, I just remember that from being a child. And I think that that relates to what we've been talking about today in so many ways. And the O might be a little bit of that, that seriousness, right? Mm -hmm. You could interpret that say, oh, and let it go as like, oh, just let it go and just be light. But actually the saying, oh, is the, is the serious part. It's the delving in. It's the radical part. It's the uncomfortable part. So, but then you can let it go. Excellent. What a great way to, to end this beautiful conversation. Thank you to the both of you for being part of Life Curation and for being part of my life. Thanks, Thanks Adriana. Thanks for having us. It's nice to see you. Wow, what insights, inputs and information the both of them shared. I'm so curious to hear what nuggets you got from the conversation. Feel free to message me. In the show notes, you will find the questions they are using for their weekly check-in, as well as links to David Data, the five love languages, John Gray, and a couple of more. I'm also thrilled to have both of them back individually in the next few weeks. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to not miss those episodes. If you have any questions for them or me, message me anytime. I'm always thrilled to hear from you. Thank you so much for being here, your time and for allowing me to be part of your day. Keep curating your life and make it your piece of art. <laughs>